Welcome to Today in Dance. I am your host, Dawn Davis Loring. This special episode is part of a series of interviews conducted with artists featured in my book, Dance Appreciation, published by Human Kinetics. We will be hearing from choreographer and producer Josie Bray, whose most recent show, Trevor, played off-Broadway and is currently streaming on Disney+. Her newest project is Truth, a biofictional choreo poem about Sojourner Truth and the untold stories of other Black female resistors, written by playwright Gail Burton. Josie and her team have chosen to crowdfund the project so that the research can dictate the artistic direction of the play and so they can not only build a grassroots funding base, but also concurrently build an audience for the work. During this short interview, Josie will share why this project is so exciting and fresh. So Josie, tell us about the project in your own words. Sure. Um, This project is called Truth, a biofictional choreo poem. And this piece is based on the structure of For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough, that sort of classic piece. It was like the first choreo poem, um, which was a synthesis of theater and dance. And that's really my background is synthesizing theater and dance. So I'm working with a playwright. Um, Gail Burton, who's a Black playwright. And we are using that structure of For Colored Girls Who've Considered Suicide um, in the same sort of that choreo poem structure. It's like spoken word, music, uh, poetry, you know, and dance and movement. Um, But unlike For Colored Girls, which was really built in the 70s and really highlighted the stories of Black women in the 70s, we're using that format to tell the stories of Black abolitionist women from the 18th century, women like at the tail end of slavery in the United States. Um, And these stories are often hidden. Um, You know, we sort of have this narrative in the United States that like the North freed the South, you know? (laughs) And instead there really were these activist Black women who were under the radar fighting against slavery and really doing the on the ground level work to change the law. And that's the people whose story we're telling. So Josie, tell me your favorite thing about the research that you did for this project that got you even more excited. Oh, thanks for asking that. It's a it's a really um, great question, actually, which is that um, my collaborator, Gail Burton, and I last summer, we went to upstate New York to the birthplace of Sojourner Truth. And we met with this woman named Ann Gordon, who is the historian um, who specializes in Sojourner Truth. And, and we talked with her for three days and she took us on a tour of the whole area and um something i learned about sojourner truth which was so fascinating to me well first of all she was enslaved in upstate new york which a lot of people don't think that there was slavery in the north so that's number one but the thing that was so 
fascinating about her was that she emancipated herself because she was enslaved by Dutch people. And under the Dutch law, you could be freed at a certain age. I'm having a hard time remembering right now if it was 27 or 28. But when you hit that birthday, you were then freed. And so she hit that birthday and she went to her enslaver and said, okay, it's my, it's my day to be free. And he said, no, no, no. She had um, lost her finger in an accident. So she'd gotten a finger cut off. And um, he said, oh, no, you've slowed down in the last year. So you owe me another year since the accident. And she said, no, I don't. <laughs> Under the law, I can leave. And she just left. She and just left. She just left. She just left. And she had a baby um, who was nursing and um, the Dutch law at that time was also that if you were enslaved and you were freed and you had a baby who was nursing, you could take the baby with you. And as soon as the baby weaned, you had to return the baby. Ooh. I mean, people were property, right? Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the things that was so fascinating and like got me really excited about this was, you know, we have this sort of like story about slavery that is much less nuanced than the actual details right like knowing that it's like no she walked out she was following the law she was a very much a law follower and because the law was absolutely unjust right but her strategy for resistance was to actually use the law and so the the last thing that like got me super excited was after she walked out with the baby her enslaver was so angry with her that he sold her 12 year old son to a plantation down South. Oh. And slavery was a in the North. It was pretty clear that slavery was about to end. And New York state had already made a law that you could not sell your slaves out of state, but who was going to enforce it? Right. She sued him. Really? Oh my God. She sued him. And she was the first black person in the United States to sue a white person and win. She sued him and said, the law says you cannot sell a slave out of state. What you did was illegal. She took him to court in upstate New York and she won and she got her son back. That is amazing. I had no idea. It's amazing and inspiring. And like, once I started learning that, I, I mean, that just like, I feel chills even saying the story again, you know, it's like these stories that we're telling here they're brave and courageous but it's like everyday bravery and everyday courage you know it's someone saying like that law is wrong what you did is wrong but there is a law that is closer to justice and i'm going to use that law to make this thing right So Josie, tell us your plans for the first performance. Sure. Um, right now we're in the process of raising money to do a performance in 2024 next year. And part of developing a piece is to perform it multiple times in front of multiple different audiences so that you can kind of get a sense like, how's the audience responding to this? Where might we need to change the writing or change the movement to better communicate um, what we're doing? And what we're what we're trying to say, you know, um, 
we're going to do our first performance next year in New England. And that's for several practical reasons. The first one is that we got our first little bit of seed funding for New England Foundation of, for the Arts. And so, yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> so that that little bit of seed money, um, you know, we kind of promised that we would create something that could hit audiences in New England. And both Gail and I live in New England. I live in a town that's about 50 minutes north of Boston and Gail lives about 50 minutes south of Boston. So uh, she's in Rhode Island and I'm still in Massachusetts. So we're, we don't have a venue yet, but we know that we'll be performing somewhere within an hour of Boston. Um, and you know, both to fulfill the NIFA requirements and also to fulfill the, you know, this is where we live. Um, but there's also something that's come up that's been really interesting about our research, which is, you know, just the practical um, reasons because of where we live, we've been doing local research, you know, it, we live here, we've been in a pandemic, where it's not time for us to like go to Alabama and research plantations. We're, we live in New England. So we've been really um, finding these stories, which honestly have been hidden because there is this kind of um, belief that slavery didn't exist in the North and it really did. And so a lot of the research we've been doing is on Northern slavery. And so it it's also very fitting to perform here when we're doing local research. The final funding push for the first performance of Truth, a biofictional choreo poem, ends August 18th at midnight Eastern time. You can pledge amounts as little as $10 and up to $5,000 to be a part of this fabulous show. You can find out more information at the website truthplay.org. If you would like to know more about dancers or the art of dance, visit my website at dawndavisloring.com and please check out my book, Dance Appreciation, co-authored by Julie Pence and published by Human Kinetics. Dance Appreciation is available on the publisher's website and on Amazon and through other online booksellers. Thank you for spending about 10 minutes with Today in Dance and our special guest. If you would like to hear a little bit more, stay tuned and we have a bonus coming right up. So some of the research we did was also in Northampton, Massachusetts, which is where Sojourner Truth moved after um, she had emancipated herself. And she went to Northampton, which is, um, you know, it's like a few hours east of upstate New York where she had been enslaved. And she built there a utopian community with this other formerly enslaved man named David Ruggles. And they worked together with white abolitionists to build what they called a utopian community. Of course, um, they all had to work and make money, but nobody wanted anything that had to do with the slave trade. So they built a silk factory. They made silk clothing instead of cotton clothing. And they like imported all of these silkworms. You know, we, we walked up the streets. They still have all of the trees lining the streets that are the trees that silkworms will eat. 
you know, because you have to cultivate the silkworms. Right. Right. And, um, and then when the, um, Fugitive Slave Act passed, they turned their community into a stop on the Underground Railroad, you know, because originally the Underground Railroad was bringing people north of the Mason-Dixon line. But once the Fugitive Slave Act happened, people from the south could come north and steal people and bring them back south. So what then what they were trying to do was help people escape to Canada. So that spot in Northampton became a stop on the way to Canada where they were um, folks from the South who were escaping slavery would um, come to the um, utopian community and then they would take them further North. Um, and, and that was her, you know, that was her. And, and, um, and she made a lot of really great friends with white abolitionists, a again, stories that are not told, which is that black people and white people were working side by side to fight this system that they didn't believe in. Which is amazing. Which is amazing. Like we're not told that, you know, we're right. told like you were this or you were that. And the reality is there have been people who have been resisting oppression from the beginning, no matter what their skin was.